This is Donna Otto, and we are Modern Homemakers. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I love saying that to all of you, and how I look forward to all of us being together and having together, saying welcome, welcome, welcome to each other. We'll be so glad to see one another and meet one another. I don't know. Maybe I won't be so glad to see you because I'll be so glad to see Jesus. Well, when we were together yesterday, I began talking about these 10 specific things that I might do in my walk of faith that would help my growth and my maturity. And we talked about the places that Jesus preached, proclaiming who he was, and that to follow him would bring us life fulfillment and bring us to be to live with him forever and ever. And then how he taught and how the title teacher was used over 70 times in the New Testament, that he was teaching, teaching in the synagogues, teaching the men and women, teaching the disciples. And so these 10 steps, five of which I mentioned in the first part of this two-part series, and the next five, which I'm going to walk through with you right now. Number six was growth by meeting with God in prayer. Jesus often spoke of prayer and showed his earthly people how to pray. One, by praying before them, and two, by giving them prayers to pray. I have learned much about prayer in my lifetime, although if you were to ask me if all the world contained all the knowledge about prayer, how much of it did I know? I I literally, I, I'm thinking a tablespoonful, maybe an oversized tablespoonful, but not much more. And I'm always surprised I really am surprised is the right word, but delighted in how God chooses to teach me more about prayer. December 14th, 2021, a precious son of one of my dear friends, a police officer in the city of Phoenix, was struck down by eight bullets from a life criminal who did not mean to take his life, did not really mean to shoot him, was not after him to shoot him. But when confronted with the police officer, he pulled out his gun and started firing. This young man had just been admitted to the Phoenix Police Department. He was 21 years old. Eight bullets changed the trajectory of his life forever. We heard of the news in the middle of the night, at 7 o'clock in the morning, those of us who loved and cared and prayed were ensconced at St. Joseph's Hospital here in Phoenix, Arizona. It was the beginning of a day-after-day -day vigil. And after many months, Tyler was able to leave the hospital and enter into many months of protracted therapy. And now as we approach the one-year uh, date 
when Tyler was shot, we see that his many months and many years of continual therapy and learning. And we find ourselves facing the fact that we are continuing to pray. I I learned a great deal about those urgent prayers. I learned about a great deal of praying in a public place. I learned a great deal about praying with others. I met many people who came to the chapel where I stayed and prayed who had come to pray for their sons and their daughters and their husbands and their loved ones and how this very simple but complicated and powerful act of praying was being done by many of us for different reasons. We can do this for one another. We can pray, and it will not only be heard by the Father in heaven. It will change who you are. It will change the trajectory of your life. It will provide growth from you. We see many places that Jesus, while he lived here on the earth, in the upper room at the Last Supper in John 14, and he asks, when he says, ask in my name, remain in me, give whatever you desire, ask before it, and your joy will be made complete. Does that mean you'll get? No, it doesn't necessarily mean, because sometimes we pray for things that are are not good things. We pray for things that are satisfactory to us. We need to learn to pray in the way that Jesus taught us to pray that his will would be done. So the growth that comes to all of us and for all of our lives, we never get too old to pray and we never get too old to learn more about him through prayer. Number seven, we grow by exercising faith in the Lord. John 14, one may be one of my, and I say this often, don't I? One of my favorite verses, one that I lean into often, do not let your heart be troubled. Trust in God. Trust in me. He, he is telling me quite straight up that I, I should take charge of not letting my heart be troubled. Why do I let my heart be troubled? I forget that he's in charge. I forget that I'm not in charge. My pain is too great. I want what I want, and I want it now. It there goes on and on for the reasons why we do not pause and take the posture of keeping our heart from being troubled and trusting in God. There are many places in the Gospels where Jesus it commends to someone to pray, to the centurion and Matthew, to the Canaanite woman, to the woman um, of Synchrophoenicia. Uh, there are many places that he calls them to pray, to exercise this faith in the Lord and trust in him. Step number eight that we grow in our love and devotion for Christ is by resisting temptation. How do you resist temptation? I I have people who say to me, oh, I don't have any temptations. And I I frankly want to say, well, you're not looking very far. Or you're not looking very deep. Do you know your weaknesses? Do you know where you're vulnerable or where you're not vulnerable? When Jesus went to the garden and prayed, not my will, but yours be done. He was very vulnerable. 
He was very vulnerable. He asked his disciples to sit with him, to stay with him, to pray with him. And what did they do? They fell asleep. They fell asleep. What a, what a vulnerable place. Now, they didn't understand the full capacity of what Jesus was going through in that moment. We don't understand it, but we at least have the canon. Many years ago, my husband and I uh, were engaged in a young adult, young married Sunday school class. And we did a lot of things with those young couples, a lot of social events, a lot of retreat events and um, places that they would gather together and grow in relationships as well as grow in their relationship with Christ. And we invited a man to come and speak for one of the retreats. Um, And he said this powerful sentence, I've never forgotten it. He said, you know, you know more doctrine than the Apostle Paul. And I can still remember my first response. I wanted to rebuff that. Like, I do not. Like, Paul is Paul. But it doesn't take long for you to think of how that truth is manifested. I have the whole canon, old, new. I have all the works that Paul never saw. All all of the works that Paul never saw in print. He saw some of it lived out. He experienced some of it firsthand. So, yes, I... I know more doctrine than the Apostle Paul, but I don't understand what the disciples felt when Jesus asked them to pray. I don't understand what Jesus means when he says, lead us not into temptation. I just know that at the point of the request is to ask God to decrease my attraction of sin and to increase my faith in him. I'll tell you when my greatest temptation comes, and anyone who knows me, anyone who's met me for a short period of time knows this to be true. When I am tired and I've said yes to too much, the temptation is hard for me to resist. I'm weak, I'm tired, I'm undone. I know that vulnerability, does that keep me from doing it? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. I still overdo. I still say yes to too many things. But I know my temptation, and I know the weakness that it puts me in, and I watch myself very carefully when I've said yes to too much. Nine, a way that we grow in serving is is by serving the Lord. Jesus called Peter and Andrew to leave their fishing and follow him, telling them a wild, wild thing. It isn't wild to us, but I can just imagine what it meant to Peter and Andrew. I will make you fishers of men. I mean, let's let's be how Don Otto would be, really black and white about it. Are you going to put all those men in the sea? And I'm going to go out with my boat, and I'm going to have a hook or a net. I'm going to throw all those men, and then I'm going to be fishers of men. You know that's not what he meant. But serving the Lord is what he was calling them to do, to give up their life as they had known their life, to become fisher of men, Matthew 4, 19. And then a place in John 15 and 27 talks about this responsibility we have to invest into others, to speak to others in places that they are interested in replying to hearing how God might be applied to those situations. I I have a situation in my life right now that um, 
it, it, it's very significant to me. And I realize how it is strengthening my walk with God because I'm recognizing that it's not my responsibility. I, I, I have a relationship that I feel like I've failed someone in. And, and now I feel like I'm left out of some of the choices that they're making. And, and, I, and I feel like a failure in that. And when I get to that place, I have to pause long enough and say, what did I do? Are there some things I could have done differently? Yes. I'm not sure I'll ever have a chance to do that or I'll even have a chance to talk about it. But I recognize some of the things I could have done differently. But more than that, I recognize it's not up to me. This is not about if Donna Otto did the right thing or the wrong thing or the best thing or the worst thing. It's up to the Lord. And what he calls me to do is to serve him as many ways I possibly can and as fully as I possibly can. And lastly, number 10, by manifesting spiritual virtues. By manifesting spiritual virtues. I'm going to read a list of spiritual virtues relatively slowly because I'm not going to go back over them and I'm not going to stop at any of them except the one that particularly jumps out at me and is a need of mine. Okay, so here they are. Here's the list of spiritual virtues. Humility. Mercy. Purity. Joy. Honesty. Sacrifice and non-retaliation. Forgiveness. Righteousness. Faithfulness. Trust. Non-critical spirit. Concern for the poor. Three more. Gratitude. Peace and generosity. Now, I can give you passages for all of them, but I'm not going to take airtime. If any one of you wants all the passages, just send me an email or write the ministry, and I'll send you all of the passages where you can find these spiritual virtues as Christ's walk in his life before us and what he says he can manifest in us and through us. Now, what's the one that Donna Otto particularly struggles with at this time in my life as I'm reading this material and preparing for these two podcasts? Sacrifice and non-retaliation. Gee, that's a hard one for me. I made a big sacrifice. I did the right thing. I'm, I'm, I'm the good guy here then how come I'm not being received like the good guy? If anything, I'm being received like the bad guy. So what do I want to do? I want to retaliate. I do. In my spirit, I may not want to go and punch someone's lights out. I'm not like that. But in my spirit, it's the same thing. Because I, 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 
I made this sacrifice. Does not anyone see the sacrifice I made? But you see, where the spiritual growth comes in is that God sees the sacrifice. So when the sacrifice is not received as I think it should be, the thing that I have to watch out for is something that looks like no retaliation, even though I want to. Even though it would feel really good for me to say something sassy. Sometimes I hear myself talk and I think, am I a very good example, Lord? I'm an older girl now. I, I, I should be past all these things. And whenever I think that, I have to tell you, my spirit is gripped with what I feel is his voice saying, oh, you're never going to be too old for that, Donna Otto. I don't know how many years you're going to get to live. You're at 76 and holding, but you're never going to get too old where you do not fall prey to the weaknesses of the flesh and the sins of the life until you see me face to face. But I'm confident I'm on the road that is going to get me to see him face to face. I hope you'll join me on that road. If you have never, ever said, I want to make God the ruler of my life, I want, to, I want him to know that his words and his ways are the ways I want to live. I pray that this might be the day that you do that. And as we pause in our next show to talk about this beginning time of Advent, what a wonderful time in your life to profess that you would like to follow Jesus and his ways in all your days. I'm Donna Otto, and this is Modern Homemakers. Remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day of being blessed by the gifts that God has given you.